the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get this ball rolling at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It's the 8th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Very, very big show today. A lot of very important guests. Did you know the president was going to be at Atlanta, Georgia this afternoon? Launching a very important voter initiative. Uh, it's uh, it's essentially a reach out to black voters saying we are going to do everything that we can to connect with black voters in America to show them how much we are doing for their community. Because quite frankly, the mainstream media won't do it. The mainstream media will continue to lie. They will not do their best to inform black America about how much more is being done for them than by certainly by the last president and maybe by any president uh, in a very long time, but certainly by the first black president, uh, uh, Barack Obama, who did nothing for black America. Uh, president Trump is creating conditions that are making black Americans thrive. So there's a, a giant coalition launch in Atlanta, Georgia today. The president will be there. Uh, it's called Black Voices for Trump. It's a national effort, President Trump reaching out to black America, black America reaching back, which is a fantastic thing. Deneen Borelli is going to be joining me in about 11 minutes or so to tell us more about that. I think that's enormously important in this election cycle, especially because of the news that uh, came down yesterday. And the news that came down yesterday, kind of last night, really, while I was sitting in for... um, uh, 
uh, for uh, Larry Elder on the program last night is that there may be another entrant into the Democratic cesspool of candidates. Michael Bloomberg is expected to file paperwork for the Alabama primary by the 5 o'clock deadline today. Now, the former New York City mayor would be running to so-called save the party. His team putting out a statement that reads, quote, we now need to finish the job and ensure that Trump is defeated, but Mike is increasingly concerned that the current field of candidates is not well positioned to do that. If Mike runs, he would offer a new choice to Democrats. This is almost a de facto admission that the impeachment sham that we are all witnessing right now um, is 100% politically motivated. We can't beat him in the election, so we have to impeach him. We can't beat I mean, think about this. They had 17 leftist hacks on their first couple of debate stages, right? They had seven. No, or hold on. Was the number bigger than that? Now I'm trying to think about it. There were 17 during the, the Republican primary uh, back before the 2016 election. I'm trying to remember exactly how big this demon rat field got uh, before it started to get pared down as people backed out of it. Tim Ryan backed out of it, uh, you know, and a host of others. There are a whole lot more who should. But at any rate, you know, ne- you know, nearly a couple dozen, I guess, is what we'll say. Demon rats in the demon rat cesspool of candidates for the presidency, for at least for the, the Democratic nomination. And they are so... Uh, what's the opposite of confident? Worried? They, they're not confident. They, they truly are more concerned that none of those two dozen or whatever the number is can beat Donald Trump in, a, in an election. Therefore, we have to remove the choice from the voters. Because if we give these deplorable voters an opportunity in 2020 to vote for Donald Trump again, doggone it, they will. And we can't stop them. So we have to stop him by taking his name off the ballot. we got to impeach him and remove him from office. It's the only way. And if you were looking for confirmation of that, well, along comes Mike. Here comes Mike Bloomberg. Um, we know Biden can't beat him. We know Warren can't beat him. We know Sanders. Did you hear about Sanders' leftist scribe yesterday? This massive plan for leftist, I mean, he's just essentially saying, look, I've been passed up by Warren. I've been passed up by Biden. Buttigieg is on the way. Uh, I'm going to have to do something here to get some attention. And he came out with this incredibly, <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing leftist uh, immigration policy that says I'm going left of the leftists. I have to. Now, being a socialist, he's kind of you know writing character with him. It's no big deal. This is just what he is and what he does. But yesterday, none of these people are going to be able to sell this socialist vision of America to the American people and beat Donald Trump. So they have to remove him. It's what Al Green, Representative Al Green, screamed uh, uh, for several months. If we don't impeach this guy, he's going to get reelected. So here comes Bloomberg as the latest evidence of that. I saw a poll this morning saying of the three individuals who are not in the race right now, but who could enter the race, which would be the biggest threat, which would be the most likely for Democrats to uh, nominate. And the three names floated were, as you can imagine, Hillary, crooked Hillary, Michelle Obama, and Mike Bloomberg. And you know which of them actually got the most support, according to the survey I saw among uh, Democratic primary voters? 
it was Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama was never held elected office, just like Donald Trump had never held elected office. Michelle Obama, who enjoys a high profile rating among demon rats, uh, and of course, who could, you know, I just told you the president is reaching out with this uh, Black Voices Coalition today in a huge effort to try to siphon off at least a few of the black votes in this country. Uh, by reaching out to the reasonable African-American community that says, you know, we're not going to be blinded by the D after somebody's name the way we have been for decades and decades. We are going to vote for somebody who actually is doing work for us. And that person has been Donald Trump. So the answer to that for the Dems might be Michelle Obama. Now we get to the, you know, she's a black woman and Donald Trump won't be able to criticize her or else the cries of racism will start uh, being heard again. And, you know, sexism and misogyny and blah, blah, blah. So... At any rate, uh, Bloomberg's announcement is just kind of proof positive that absolutely the Dem- Democrats are really, really worried that they can't beat Donald Trump. Polls be damned. Make no mistake about it. There are polls that show that uh, President Trump is is losing to Biden in this state or that state or losing to Warren in this state or that state. But make no mistake about it. If they believe those polls, the Democrats, they wouldn't be reaching out to people like Bloomberg and probably people like uh, Michelle Obama. Hillary, I think, is an afterthought. Uh, anticlimactic the entire night, you know, the whole nine yards. But, um, uh, yeah, they're worried. They are desperately worried that they cannot beat Donald Trump. Um, Stephanie Grisham is the White House press secretary responding to this. Hold on to your sodas, America. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> I can't really talk about uh, elections too much, obviously, because of the Hatch Act. But um, at the White House, we're not worried about anybody who's going to run against this president. And why would you be, in all seriousness? The Democrats know this is the reality of the situation. The economy is humming. Uh, Jobs are growing. The October jobs report was amazing. It was supposed to be 75,000 jobs created. We had 128 plus 95,000 more in upward revisions for September and October. Black unemployment fell to a new all-time low. It seems like every month it's dropping and becoming a new all-time low for black unemployment, for Hispanic unemployment, for female unemployment, for female business uh, uh, businesses being open. It's an amazing time right now to be in business and to be working in America. And it's because of the uh, deregulation policies and the low tax policies of the Trump administration. Of course, Democrats are panicking. All right, it's 916. We'll take a quick time out now so we can make some room for Deneen Borelli to tell us about the Black Voices Coalition for Trump that is going to be launched in Atlanta a little bit later on today. The president will be there. Deneen tells us more next on AM 1420, The Answer. After 9 o'clock, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, not only can you get podcasts of the show and any interviews you may have missed by going to whkradio.com, it's kind of cool. If you go to larryelder.com, you can still watch and listen to last night's show. I sat in for the Sage of South Central again last night, and uh, it's kind of cool. I woke up this morning, and I went to uh, the studio, and I logged on to my uh, um, uh, computer, and it was still, the Larry Elder show was still left up from last night, or LarryElder.com, rather, and the Watch the Show feature was still up there, too, and sure enough, there I was, still talking. (laughs) I guess it's in a loop until the next show goes on, so uh, uh, you can go to LarryElder.com, and if you missed any of the great stuff we did on uh, Larry's program last night, check that out as well. All right, I want to welcome Deneen Borelli to the program now. She is amazing, is what she is. 
Danine Borelli is a conservative author. She is a radio and television personality. She is a Fox News contributor, and she is contributing today to an extraordinarily important event, Black Voices for Trump. There's a launch of this black coalition, if you will, in support of President Trump in Atlanta, Georgia, at 3 o'clock this afternoon. The president will be there, and Danine Borelli joins us with a preview right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Danine, good to have you on our program. How are you? Bob, good morning. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Pleasure to have you. I'm a big fan. I really enjoy your commentary segments whenever I catch you on Fox or anywhere else for that Thank matter. Thank you. Uh, and uh, you know what? You're, I, I mentioned that you're, uh, you're an author as well. Tell us about Blacklash, how Obama and the <laughs> left are driving Americans to the government plantation. Well, sure. I, I wrote that book really to tell my personal story because I, when I was first able to vote, I, I was not someone who really researched the politicians or what they stood for. So I did what my parents did. I voted Democrat. But I also talked about the big government policies, especially under the former administration, and how those policies were harmful to all Americans, especially black voters. Uh, when you look at policies where government is, is really more important or recognized than the individual policies like, uh, you know, the war on coal that the former president had. Uh, all of these initiatives I talk about in my book to really explain to Americans the dynamics between really capitalism versus socialist ideas. Janine, you know, you, uh, your, your situation is similar to mine, uh, a little bit different, obviously, in that you're African American, uh, and, and so many African Americans grow up voting Democrat because their parents grew up voting Democrat, and that's just the way that it was. I was the same thing. My parents were kind of, uh, blue, blue, uh, dog Democrats, and so I grew up as a Democrat myself. And it took a while before I started to really pay attention to things and start thinking for myself before I realized, whoa, 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 this is the wrong way to go. But black America is still in that process. The Great Awakening is underway. We see Candace Owens spearheading the Blexit movement, which is uh, the black exit from the Democrat Party. And today, there's another step in that, and it's Black Voices for Trump. Tell us about this coalition and this effort today. Well, I'm very excited, first of all, to be on the coalition's advisory board. And yes, it's Black Voices for Trump. And look, we are going to spread out across the country, especially in black communities, to recruit black activists, to empower them with the president's accomplishments. And this is all in an effort to reelect President Trump for the next four years. I'd like to remind your listeners what the president said uh, to black voters. What do you have to lose? And based on the accomplishments of this president, uh, I think Americans are seeing firsthand that he has certainly looked out for the forgotten men, women, and families across this country. And th- just let me point out that right now, today, for October, uh, black unemployment, 5.4%. That number is just unheard of. Uh, under the former administration, I don't think un- black unemployment went under 7%. So you look at how your life has changed then versus today, and take a step back and think, gee, what do I have to lose by reelecting President Trump? 
Yeah, that is an amazing statistic. We are talking with Deneen Borelli. She is an author. She is a conservative pundit. She is uh, a Fox News contributor as well. And she is, as she mentioned, on the advisory board for this Black Voices for Trump coalition. The president has created an amazing 1.2 million new jobs for black Americans since his election. And Deneen, what I find really amazing and understated here is that he has done this against some very strong headwinds, um, being specifically illegal immigration. Um, I, I, I'm going to talk to Peter Kirsten now in about 10 minutes. I'm not sure how familiar you might be with Pete, but Pete has uh, crunched these numbers um, uh, for a long time. Uh, we know that black American workers are disproportionately affected by illegal immigration because illegal immigrants coming here unskilled, unable to speak the language. They take a lot of the labor jobs that black Americans have. And so black Americans, for there to be 5.4% unemployment, an all-time low, can you imagine how good it would be if we actually got immigration under control? No, you're absolutely right. And don't forget, former President Obama also uh, said that there were issues in terms of uh, illegals that come here because they do take jobs from black Americans, especially. So uh, to put it in a nutshell, national security, safety and security for you and your family, Uh, uh, the sanctuary city policies that you have Democrats that are promoting, Uh, where's the sanctuary and safety for law-abiding citizens? They are looking out more for people here illegally than their own constituents, which is really outrageous. And, you know, that is, uh, again, one of another initiative that the president has really fought for and stood up for national security and safety for all Americans. Deneen, uh, tell me what other messages you're going to be bringing to the black community with this Black Voices for Trump coalition. You're going to go into communities all over the country, and you're going to try to, you know, wake some people up and, 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 and you know, make them alert to the fact that Democrats have not been looking out for them. Democrats have been keeping them beholden to Democrat politicians for the next handout, trying to keep them, uh, you know, uh, at, you know, at the government's, uh, uh, at the government's, uh, well, I don't want to use any, any profane words here, but essentially uh, <laughs> keeping them beholden to the... Well, we hear people use that word all the time, and I'll, I'll just say keeping, uh, keep, keeping them on the government teat, if you will. And, um, and the goal here is to say, look, the Democrats have, have, have been kind of uh, uh, masking what they are doing in the guise of we're helping you. They're not helping African Americans. Uh, Republicans are trying to help African Americans by getting them away from the government uh, dole and getting them on their own so that they can work and, and, and achieve the American dream that is there for all of us. So how do you get that message to black America when they have been told that you know that's not the case for, for the last several decades. Sure. Well, when you think about uh, the black media outlets, for example, there really has been an echo chamber, Bob, of the same message, uh, whether it's Republicans or racist, uh, you you can't get ahead uh, because it's the white person's fault that you're failing at what you're doing. And so, look, we are talking about empowering Americans, empowering activists, to take the message of freedom and prosperity and economic uh, accomplishments that the president has implemented under his policies, pro-growth environment, lower taxes, less regulations, which means more money for you and your family, more disposable income, record low unemployment. We have a booming economy. So it's about jobs. It's about the economy. It's about national security. And in some regards, there are some voters that don't know that message. 
So we're taking this message to them, local media outlets and different events that will be taking place. And again, I think this is a very exciting day uh, for black voters, but especially for all Americans to know that the president is looking out for all men and women and families in America. How important, Deneen, is the First Step Act that the president signed going to be in getting this message to black American voters? Well, absolutely. That is another uh, message that we will be communicating, the First Step Act. And, you know, this is in regards to nonviolent criminals who are, have been, uh, will be able to uh, be released uh, on good behavior because of good behavior. And uh, there will also be rehabilitation programs that will be in- implemented. So the, the importance of uh, job skills, job training, and, and whatever e- other educational and training needs that will be needed so that these individuals don't go back and commit crimes and don't go back into the prison system, which is very important to have that kind of support system, especially in a disadvantaged neighborhood. The Black Voices for Trump Coalition launches today in Atlanta, Georgia. President Trump will be there, and so will Deneen Borelli, who is on the advisory board for this coalition. Deneen, very important work that you and the rest of the coalition are doing. I wish you much success. Uh, thank you so much for sharing the great message with us, and hopefully we can check back in with you in a few weeks and uh, uh, see how things are going. Would love to, Bob. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Deneen. Deneen Borelli joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get out now for news. And on the flip side, Peter Kersenow back with us on AM 1420, The Answer next. day and an odd time of day, but this is when we're able to get Peter Kersenow. And when you have a chance to get Kersenow, well, you take Kersenow. Uh, Peter Kersenow, of course, is a Cleveland attorney, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, among many other hats that he wears. He's multi-headed. Peter, good morning, my friend. How are you, sir? Doing well, Bob. Uh, just, you know, we um, we only have 107 days until spring training and 139 until the first game, and feeling pretty dangerous. Not about football, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it's uh, cold weather out there, but, uh, you know, spring training's right around the corner. Yes, indeed. And uh, we'll, it'll be, you know what, winter, the first snowflakes are just starting to fly, and you're already looking ahead to spring. I like the optimism. Uh, all right, Peter, let's uh, dive in. By the way, wait, thanks for the uh, guest spot last night on uh, The Elder Show. We were able to touch a lot on whistleblowers and on attorneys for, for whistleblowers. We were not able to touch uh, much on your latest article for National Review. And I want to talk about this because I just had Deneen Borelli on. I don't know if you heard it before you came on. But uh, Deneen is um, uh, on the advisory board for the Black Voices for Trump Coalition, uh, which is launching today in Atlanta, and the president will be there. Deneen's wonderful. Uh, and we were talking about um, what President Trump has done for black Americans with respect to employment and opportunity. Uh, record low unemployment, record numbers of black jobs created in his first term, etc., and as I mentioned to Deneen, Pete, uh, this is against some pretty strong headwinds. You can imagine how good black workers might have it in this country if the left would stop blocking the president's attempts to get immigration under control, both legal and illegal, because as you pointed out, um, American businesses and job owners, or, or excuse me, uh, uh, supposed job creators, are quick to fire black employees so that they can hire illegal alien or legal immigrant Hispanic employees. That's what you wrote about, and I'll let you take it from there. 
And Bob, uh, you're right to that uh, the article concentrates on black employees, but the point that was made in this study that I cited, and I was part of the rollout of the study at the National Press Club a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Center for Immigration Study, uh, Studies, Mark Krikorian's group, sponsored it, and it was consistent with what I've been saying, as you know, Bob, I've been on your show talking about this and on Tucker's show for years and years, because we had a study at the uh, U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, consistent with this, more than one. And what happens is, as we all know, I mean, common sense tells you that when you can get illegal immigrants to come in and work at a cheaper rate, and also they're less likely to complain to the EEOC, OSHA, or the Wage and Hour Division of the Department of Labor, you've got certain employers that will utilize them over American workers. And the group that's most affected are black workers because the illegal aliens compete in the same sectors. They're both disproportionately concentrated in the low-skill labor market, and therefore they compete for the same types of jobs in which blacks have been heavily concentrated in the past, such as service, hospitality, agriculture, and uh, construction. And it is a devastating impact on the black community, black low-skilled workers generally, but particularly the black community. The numbers are staggering, Bob. They're just extraordinary. You don't hear it from Democrats or the mainstream media because it's counter- their narrative. And uh, if you had Janine Borelli on, I'm sure she, you, you and she, because you know these numbers as well as anybody, you and she talked about the fact that unemployment numbers are at historic lows and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, what's amazing about all this is they can't, meaning the left, cannot let those figures penetrate the broader black community because it is an ex- existential threat to the viability of the Democratic Party on a national level. Something else you and I talked about, because I've had several articles on NRO about that. I first started researching this 30 years ago. The fact of the matter is that the average Democratic candidate for the presidency gets between 90 to 95 percent of the black vote. And we can talk about why that is, you know, but that, that's not important. That is a fact, 90 to 95 percent. And even sometimes when the candidate gets as much as 95 percent, they will lose. It's imperative they have a stranglehold on the black vote. Otherwise, they have no chance of taking the White House. This is just part of the reason why you see the vicious attacks on Trump. But Trump is just one example of all the attacks that are made on Republicans in order to consolidate the black vote within the Democratic Party. Because if there's any kind of a uh, splintering of that, Democrats are doomed. The reason why illegal immigration is such a salient issue is a lot of black people see this happening. I started seeing uh, it in my practice about 20 years ago, and I still remember a group of black contractors complaining that they couldn't get any, any contracts because there were unscrupulous contractors that used illegal aliens and would underbid them because these guys can pay the illegal aliens who aren't going to be complaining to the EEOC or OSHA. Um, or anybody else, they can pay them at a substandard rate, they can have, you know, curb things with respect to working conditions, and then they can underbid American contractors that use American employees and that are paying standard wages and benefits and working conditions. So this is um, a, a phenomenon Bob, that has resulted, and we, you know, we did the math on this, well, actually we didn't, but several economists that appeared before the Civil Rights Commission, principally among them, uh, Professor George Borjas of Harvard, and several of his cohorts that showed that the impact of illegal aliens, uh, and maybe it wasn't Borjas with respect to this particular figure, but uh, 
it, I can't remember the, the exact person. It could have been Borjas. But we're talking about approximately one million. That's, you hear me right, one million fewer black jobs as a result of competition from illegal immigration. One million. Those are real numbers. Those are numbers you will not hear in the mainstream media. These are numbers that I guarantee you 99% of black people are completely oblivious to because of this uh, complete blackout of this information. I, on several occasions, had gone to the Congressional Black Caucus and said, look at these figures. You call yourself the Congressional Black Caucus. I don't call you that. You call yourself that, which purportedly suggests that you're interested in matters that concern the black community. This may be the most important item that the government can address that affects the black community in an adverse fashion. And just not just from a wage and employment standpoint, it also has ancillary negative effects such as higher incarceration rates and lower family formation family formation rates it is bad news on steroids for the black community and all we get from the congressional black caucus is crickets over and over again i had my assistant in washington place on a tickler that i don't remember how frequently but she would call there and say what are you going to do about it you know, oh, well, well, we'll get back to it. And then she'd call again the next week. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Our friend Larry Elder finally had Marsha Fudge on and asked her about this. And she denied ever being contacted by us until such time as my assistant produced all the letters. And these are detailed letters citing all the facts that I've just told you that we sent to the Congressional Black Caucus. Still have not heard anything from them. This has been going on for years. Radio silence, and they continue to support the Democrats' open borders agenda, which has the, it's probably the single most remediable negative phenomenon that affects the black community that Congress could do something about, and they refuse to do anything about it. And they and nobody holds them accountable other than you. Uh, nobody holds them accountable for it. You know, they they propose to to represent Black America, this Black Caucus, and they just are doing nothing to. As you said, it's a it's one of the most easily fixable um, uh, uh, situations with respect to Black employment. Now, let me ask you: uh, getting the message out about this. This is uh, going back to Deneen and what they're doing today. The Black Voices for Trump um, Coalition. They're going to be going to Black communities all over the country and trying to spread this message. Do you think that the Black community? will finally be receptive to it, especially when you compare apples to apples. And look at what happened during the eight years of the Obama presidency. He's the first black president. Uh, you know, he's supposed to do so much to lift up the black community. This is our time. This is our opportunity. This is what we've been looking for. Even though Bill Clinton, you know, took, uh, took the title of first black president, Barack Obama really was. And you look at his job performance with respect to black America and compare it to Donald Trump's apples to apples. And it's pathetic. Uh, I mean, it's clear that if Obama himself were running against Donald Trump right now, black America should vote for Trump. Do you think they'll be receptive to that? I think that a, a sufficient percentage of the black community will be receptive to that. I mean, we're fighting just extraordinary historical headwinds. You know, we could go into the kind of bizarre reason that, not bizarre, but, but the fact that um, the majority of black voters vote for the Democratic Party, despite the fact that the Democratic Party has operated historically from the Civil War to the present against black interests uh it's 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 damaging to the black community yet 
because of the rhetoric that Democrats and all of their enablers, meaning the educational institutions and the media have engaged in, there is a perception that Democrats have been the friends of blacks forever and ever and ever, and that their policies favor blacks, and the Republicans are just the opposite. And this is an amazing case of historical jujitsu. Just the opposite, in fact, is true. But getting back to answering your question, I don't think, because this is going to be a long-term project to try to sway more black votes, I don't think that a sizable percentage are going to be swayed, but I think a sufficient percentage will be swayed. Because as I indicated, if Donald Trump or Republicans generally can peel off just a couple of percentage points, that's all it takes. That's what's so so interesting about this, and that's what's so frightening to Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, that if just a couple of more points are switched over, Trump wins, Republicans generally win, and where it stands right now is, remember, Donald Trump got only 8% of the black vote. I say only, but that's about consistent with what Republicans have been getting over the last 40 years. Right now, his approval rating among blacks ranges between 16 to 34%. That sounds very low, but that's actually high for a Republican candidate. If he, he doesn't have to get 16 to 34%. If he no. increases his percentage just to 10%, game over. I've been saying this to Republicans forever and ever and ever. Concentrate on this. I live in an all-black neighborhood, and I think I've mentioned this to this, Bob. Um, in the nearly 35 years I've been living there, I've only gotten a, a GOP flyer once, and that was in 2004. And that seemed to be the same year that George W. Bush started to campaign more heavily in the black community and increased his numbers of black votes in Ohio by one, not 5%, not 10%, but 100%. As Woody Allen once said, you know, 80% of life is just showing up. Republicans need to just show up if you just show up. And I think that's why this initiative that, that you discussed with Dan yeah, Morelli. Right. Yeah, right, that, exactly. You're right, Pete. That's show what they're up. doing. They're going out there and they're trying again. And, and a lot of black folks working for the president going out there uh, into these communities and sharing that message. Pete, speaking of the, the race, let me hit you with this before you're done. Um Bernie Sanders, uh, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Beto is gone. Uh, you know, Ryan is gone. Some of them have already dropped out, but Kamala, Booker, they're all still there. All of these candidates, nearly two dozen of them when they started this whole thing out, and none of them, the Democrats have confidence in none of them to beat Donald Trump. So here comes Mike Bloomberg. Uh, do you think Bloomberg changes this race, number one? Uh, number two, is he the only new face that's going to emerge before the primaries begin? I saw a poll today saying, who would you support if they entered the race now for the Democrats of these three people? One was Hillary Clinton, the other was uh, Michael Bloomberg, and the other was... Michelle Obama, and it was Michelle Obama, this is a poll among Democratic primary voters, far and away was the preference to the other two. So um, two things. Number one is what do you make of Bloomberg's entry? Number two, actually three things. Two, do you think Michelle will get in? And number three, doesn't this prove that the impeachment sham is indeed wholly political? They know that none of the current field of candidates can beat Donald Trump. That's why they're still recruiting new ones at this late stage. Yeah, uh, with respect to the first question in Bloomberg, um, remains to be seen. I don't think he is going to radically shake up the race, and I don't think he really has a chance against Trump. Right now, he's a new shiny face. He's more centrist, allegedly, than the other folks. That's not saying anything, because these people are out in lunatic land. But nonetheless, uh, he is going to be competing for the same cohort of voters as Joe Biden is. 
Um, most people on a national level don't recognize him. Straight, you know, for those of us who are engaged in politics on a regular basis and are, are heavily uh, invested in it, uh, you know, of course we know the name Michael Bloomberg, but he doesn't have the kind of name recognition broadly that, say, a Michelle Obama clearly has. So the fact that he has, he, he can distinguish himself from the rest of the field because he's allegedly more moderate will help him. Uh, and because any new fresh face is going to get a little bit of attention initially, I think that, you know, he could be credible, but I, I can't see him being a viable candidate because he had a tough time winning uh, at least one of his mayoral elections in New York City. Okay? Now, the Democrats will rally around anybody they believe has a viable chance of beating Trump, but he doesn't set the world on fire. What about really Michelle? Doesn't. Let me move you to Michelle because of our clock here. Uh, what about Michelle? Yeah, because he, she's not going to win. No, I don't. I don't think so at all. There was once, no disrespect, but there was once a phrase that uh, someone used about Jesse Jackson. Um, and I think it was Marion Barry used this phrase because Jesse Jackson, um, the, the question was, was Jesse Jackson going to run for something other than president? In other words, something that he could actually win, like mayor of Chicago or something of that nature. And right. Marion Barry said, Jesse doesn't like to run for anything, like to run anything but his mouth. Um, and that's, I think, that's your view of Michelle? <laughs> uh, something similar to that. I think she doesn't, she wants to avoid that at all costs. Uh, Peter Kersenow, really great conversation. I know we're cut short today because of your schedule, but I do appreciate you squeezing us in. Thanks so much. Thanks for a great chat last night as well on Larry. Thanks, Bob. You got it, Pete. Peter Kersenow on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, Pete put in uh, double duty, really, even though he was uh, really strapped for time on his schedule this week. Uh, he was with me on Larry Elder last night. If you missed that interview, you can go to LarryElder.com, and you can still watch last night's program on Larry Elder TV, uh, uh, Elder on TV. So that's that's available for you. And then, of course, uh, coming in with us again this morning. 951, quick time out. Phone calls. Opportunity for you right now, 216-901-0945. Our next guest isn't until 1035, so this is your chance to get in on a free-for-all Friday on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 9.56 on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us. AM 1420, The Answer. Really good start with Deneen Borelli uh, in the first half hour of the program. And with uh, Peter Kersenow just wrapping up. Uh, I'm told we had a caller off the air saying, what's the name of that organization again that Deneen is representing and that is launching today? It's the Black Voices for Trump Coalition. It's today in Atlanta. Uh, the president will help launch this thing at 3 p.m. There's going to be a press conference and a big rally and a bunch of other great stuff going on here. The Black Voices for Trump Coalition is described as a national effort to mobilize and empower black Americans who support President Trump and to take that message to all communities. Black Americans have a true champion in President Trump. And they're citing two major issues. Number one, the economy. President Trump has created an astounding 1.2 million new jobs for black Americans since his election. And that number would be even bigger if we weren't suffering, as Peter Kersenow pointed out, the, from the... Um, Perils of uh, unchecked illegal immigration who predominantly take jobs away from black Americans. And then secondly, criminal justice reform. As the president signed the First Step Act into law, it's been widely hailed as the most meaningful criminal justice reform 
in a generation. So that's the group. They are uh, taking that message to the black voters in this country, and hopefully uh, they will open some eyes and change some minds. Uh, Lisa Woods, my friend from Medina County Friends and Neighbors, also a member of the State Board of Education, is on the line. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks. Um, what a beautiful day today. Did you like the snow? No, 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 no. I hate oh. it. It's not beautiful. It's ugly. <laughs> Some of us like it. No, I mean, if you're not going anywhere, fine. If you want to sit and look out your picture window at the snow accumulating on the ground and covering everything, okay, I guess. But if you have to drive anywhere, no, I don't like snow and I don't like ice and I don't like what it does to us. It's just, I don't like shivering. Uh, No, come on, Lisa. Oh, my gosh, (laughs) you live in Ohio. Okay, well, I'll I'll change the subject then. But, yeah, we do live in Ohio and Mother Nature does whatever she pleases. She does, and she seems to do it... uh, (laughs) Whatever she pleases changes almost on a daily basis because it could be 40 and snowing today. It'll be 70 and, and, and sunny tomorrow. That's the goofy part of yeah. it. Anyway. Well, for us skiers, we're excited. Um, hey, this, uh, this Saturday is the second Saturday, but we're not having a meeting, and I just wanted to get that word out. We're going to have a meeting on the 16th for McFan at the Copper Top. Okay. Um, they had booked the whole restaurant for a big event. And so I had to either change the venue or change the date. And since we only have one um, meeting in November, it was easier to change it to the 16th. So I just want to let folks know. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking about November. We're going to talk about November 2019, and we're going to talk about November 2020, because we want to look back at what went right and wrong, sure. you know, for uh, last Tuesday. And then also, you know, what's coming up and, and, you know, what do we have to do? Why wait? You don't just um, sit back and say, okay, you know, now we're waiting for 2020. No, no, we're, we're doing it now. We have to get out. We have to get our neighbors and, uh, you know, pull them over the fence. Yeah, I completely concur. Uh, it's extremely important to get mobilized now and uh, to make everybody aware because the stakes are just so high. And I like looking back too at what just you know happened last or earlier this week, rather on Tuesday, to see what went right and what went wrong in local races and so on and so forth. And yes, to get mobilized for 2020. So I completely agree, uh, and it's good to know that you are going to have that meeting on the 16th then to replace the one that you could not have tomorrow. Make sure you call me back before the 16th to let me know uh, uh, more specifics on it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate you. God bless. Uh, That's Lisa Woods from Medina County Friends and Neighbors. It's 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. Open phone lines, free-for-all Friday style, for the next half hour. Dial now, 216-901-0945. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.